Uh, 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 Podcast starts now. Okay, we have a couple of recaps to get to real quick. Uh, early games between uh, users uh, in the season, early in the season. Uh, first game of the year, Thursday night football, the defending champion Packers against the Browns, so a Super Bowl rematch. And this went all Packers, really. Um, I don't know what there is to say about it too much. Other than Phil Corcoran had a great day. I think it was five touchdowns and one interception. Um, Not much of a running game for the Packers, um, but they didn't need it. And then the Browns threw two interceptions. uh, Also threw two touchdowns um, from their quarterback lane. The, The main takeaway from this game is that the Browns are in a transition process right now. And trying to figure out who they are. They they ran more option in this game than they ever have uh, with some mixed results. Um, the offensive line is very young and inexperienced, and right after the game, the Browns did some trading to, to gather some more offensive line help. So they're trying to, to shore that up a little bit, and, you know, they're trying to get some younger players there to, to develop. <clears throat> It looks like this Browns team wants to go in a direction where they have a more dynamic running game. They want to run a lot. They want to be able to use the quarterback as a runner. Um, So there's just some work to do for the Browns in that regard. And they're not quite there yet, but you know that they're probably going to figure it out and that they will develop players very quickly. And the Packers, this wasn't the best game for the Packers. They're still getting their footing, but, uh, because it's early in the year, but, but they look just as strong as they looked last year. So good news for the Packers there. Uh, moving on to the next game, the Panthers and the Patriots. And, oh man, uh, this Panthers team looks pretty good, but I, I don't know what's going on with the Patriots. This team doesn't seem to have any offensive identity Cam Mosley is still on the team, but for a couple of user games now, he just seems like he's kind of faded. I don't know if that's his skills or if the offensive line has gotten worse or what the deal is, but he used to be just a force to be reckoned with, and now he's he's not doing much to help the team. And then we've got to talk about Lamar Thornhill. He seems to be developing all right. I mean, he's a superstar player in his second year, so that's a good thing for the pa- uh, Patriots. But in the games that I've seen them play over the last couple of years, I've I have I don't I can't recall seeing him play well. And this game was just this is you burn the game tape of this game if you're the Patriots. Uh Lamar Thornhill threw six interceptions. Um just to put this in perspective, his quarterback rating was an eight point six. Toby Clemens had a yards per attempt of a twelve point one. So, basically a third better than Lamar Thornhill's quarterback rating on his yards per attempt. Uh, That's just brutal. 
So I, I don't know what the Patriots are thinking right now. I, I expect they're probably going to stick with Thornhill, and, and they probably should. Um, but he's not a guy that's known for running. And if he's going to throw like this, they're going to have a hard time winning games. So their offense just appears to be in disarray right now. And maybe, maybe this is internet connection problems. I don't know. Um, both of these teams seemed like they held the ball in the pocket a long time, which if you're the Patriots, holding the ball and taking sacks is better than throwing the interceptions, I guess. Uh, Clemens, who was in the zone twice in this game, looked really, really sharp, except for a couple of times where he just sat in the pocket for a long time and took a sack. Uh, one kind of interesting uh, bit of trivia about this game, there were 10 different players that recorded a sack in this game. So a lot of sacks going on on both sides of the ball. Uh, it was a, a blowout win for the Panthers. I believe it was 29-3. Let me double-check that. Yep, 29-3. Um, they threw the ball well, didn't have much of a running game, uh, but went up and down the field and took advantage of the turnovers, which is one of the big keys of winning a football game. So the Panthers, again, look strong. Uh, so the Packers and Panthers both look strong coming out of the gate. And Browns and Patriots both have a little work to do, I think especially the Patriots. So looking ahead to the next two user games, they're a ways away. I think week 10 is when we have yeah, Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs have been winning this matchup lately. And based on what I've seen from the Patriots, I think that may happen again. Maybe the Patriots can get some things figured out and make a game of this. I hope they will. Um, right now, uh, as we're seven weeks away from this game, Vegas has the Chiefs by five and a half. So, and that's on the road. So, fairly strong favorites for the Chiefs. Um, the Patriots, right now, the only part of their team that looks really, really good is the is the defensive line. They look pretty strong up front. Um, they've had a good secondary the last couple of years, uh, but the Panthers made it look fairly average. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think the Chiefs are pretty much the same team as last year, um, so they could win that again. And then the very next week, week 11, this has kind of become the annual Panthers versus Packers week, and that's, again, when this game is going to take place. And I'm looking forward to this one. Both these teams look strong. Both these teams have strong rosters. They're both playing pretty well. I think this could be a big-time game. Uh, should be a really close game. And probably the biggest factor is if Toby Clemens holds the ball too long or throws some interceptions. Uh, and will the Panthers get a running game to really balance out their offense? Um uh, this is Packers are going to the Panthers, and right now Vegas has the Packers as three-and-a-half-point favorites. So we'll, uh, it'll be a while before we'll get to these two games, but we've got those to look forward to. A few other things to handle before we wrap this podcast up. In uh, development trait news, the Packers... Right outside linebacker Geo Melvin, second-year player, has moved from normal to star. And their wide receiver, Bo Nicholas, rookie wide receiver, has also moved from normal to star. So 
I'm not, when we cover these development traits, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about the guys that are stars, and then as they become superstars and X-Factors, I'll, I'll spend more time talking about them. Uh, but I think I will try to mention all the guys that move from normal to star, because, you know, they could potentially be the guys later on that are getting big development traits. So, Geo Melvin, Bo Nicholas, uh, I know the Packers are are pretty excited about Bo Nicholas and his, his speed and what he could be for them in the future. So pretty good to get him on track to start developing uh, by the second game of his rookie year. So, yeah, both of those happened in week two. So congratulations to the Packers. Uh, finally, we're going to do the strange NFL story of the week of this podcast at any rate. Now, you may have heard this story before. Um, it wasn't all that long ago, and it's barely related to football, really. Um, but it's just kind of kind of funny and kind of weird. So, uh, the story is this, that in 1998, uh, as I know my listeners are really, really interested in, uh, People Magazine every year chooses the sexiest man alive. Uh, I know... All our listeners eagerly await that edition every year. And in 1998, so this is why you've probably heard this before, um, the People magazine editors, I don't know how they come to these conclusions, I really don't, but they they chose Rich Gannon as the sexiest man alive. And at the time, he was on the Kansas Mm -hmm. City Chiefs in 1998. Our Chiefs fans will remember him. So... um, the assignment was given to one of the People Magazine people, uh, writers, I guess, and they said, all right, you're going to go to Kansas City, you're going to take a picture of the Chiefs quarterback, he's the sexiest man alive, take some pictures of him, and then we'll, we'll do up our little article and publish it, and it'll be great, everybody will love it, and all that sort of thing. So the photographer goes to Kansas City and takes some pictures of the Chiefs quarterback, who was the Chiefs quarterback at that time? It was actually the starter was Elvis Gerback. Now, the Chiefs had kind of gone back and forth between Rich Gannon and Elvis Gerback a few times, but it was usually because Gerback was injured. Um, Gannon was the better player. Gannon would go on a few years later to win the NFL MVP for the Raiders. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, the, 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 the photographer was literally told, take some pictures of the Chiefs quarterback. So they took pictures of the Chiefs starting quarterback, Elvis Gerback. And uh, and then the magazine was getting ready to do their article. And they looked at the pictures and they said, this isn't the guy we chose. So then they had uh, a very difficult decision to make. Do we call up Elvis Gerback and tell him there was a big mistake and we redo this whole thing and, and do the guy, do the article on the guy that we chose? And, and, or do we just go ahead and just say, yeah, Elvis Gerback's the, the sexiest man alive. Uh, he, you know, not bad, not a bad looking guy. Uh, most quarterbacks tend to be fairly good looking. They tend to be really big, healthy guys and they're in their twenties. So they could probably get a, get away with that. So what did People Magazine do? Well, if you don't want me to spoil it for me, you can pause the podcast while you go look, but you can look up the 1998 Sexiest Man Alive, and it is Elvis Gerback. 
So, not the first or the last time that Elvis Gerback was incorrectly chosen over Rich Gannon for something that Rich Gannon deserved more, um, but it happened. And, and it happens to be the greatest accomplishment Gerback ever had, and it was an accident. So that's pretty funny. But, you know, if you think that well, then these whole Sexiest Man Alive type of awards are a total crapshoot. You're probably right, although we know, I, I, we all know that People has really cleaned up this process because the Packers coach has won it 2029 through uh, 2032, so that's a consensus pick there. We all know that they've gotten better at this process, um, and we'll see who they pick for 2033, but I, I think we all know who it's going to be. So there's your your funny story of the week or of the podcast. Um, there, there are so many of these, so many kind of odd and crazy things happened in the NFL. And, and you've got people that you just wonder how they got their positions uh, doing these jobs. A lot of crazy characters. So we'll have more in the future. Uh, I believe that'll be it for this podcast. Looking forward to the next couple of user games that are a little ways away, but hopefully we can get to them pretty quick. And remember to uh, submit your uh, increases in development traits for players uh, either via the podcast um, page on Discord or you can text me privately. But be sure to do it because if we keep getting people left out because they don't, they don't uh, tell me that they had players that moved up in development traits, then this won't be very consistent and it won't be very much fun and then we'll just stop doing it. So uh, be sure to help me out with that, and uh, good luck with your games coming up, guys.